0: Well, a late night at Echo Tars and it's been a big day in the history of Liverpool Football Club, and in many ways a very sad day. Brendan Rodgers uh, sacked as Liverpool manager uh, earlier this evening. Uh, James Pierce, it's a day of very conflicting emotions out there because uh, there's quite a lot of excitement from fans looking forward to a new manager. We know there've been, uh, you know, a, a, you know, loud chorus from some of them for the manager to go, but uh, but uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers is the manager who, who almost brought this club the Premier League.
1: Yeah, I think it is a sad day. I think it's a sad day when anyone loses their job, and um, you know, to have the, the rug pulled him under his feet like that. I think you could you could tell in in the aftermath of that game at Goodison. You know, he certainly wasn't aware of what was coming, um, but um, but no, then you know he had those worst fears for him realised by that transatlantic phone call from FSG. And it, uh, you know I must admit I'm I'm, I'm surprised because um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk and there's been a lot of dissent. I think. That's probably played a big part in the owner's decision. The fact that you know Liverpool fans don't turn on their managers, um, uh, so for him to be subjected to the unrest and dissent that he's had in recent weeks, I think I think, I think that would have resonated in Boston. Um, but you know, when you consider Liverpool are only three points adrift of the top four, and he's got 100 million pounds worth of signings currently out injured, um, I thought they'd give him more time. But um, you know, I think it shows that in the space of four months. Their faith in him has evaporated, um, and uh, you know it's, it's it's just an amazing turnaround, really. When you know, I think no one would have been surprised if they wielded the axe after what happened at Stoke in May. That probably felt like a natural end to uh, to Rodgers' reign. But to, to to back him with the way they did in the transfer market and let him replace his entire backroom staff to then eight games into the season um, do this um, is a massive shout. And uh, obviously, only time will tell whether it's the right decision.
0: Ian Doyle, um, how surprised were you when the, the news filtered through to us tonight uh, you know, uh, that Liverpool were going to make uh, that statement at half past six and uh, bring a, you know, Brendan Rodgers' three and a half year in to an end?
2: Well, I was very surprised because I was just going off to make a cup of tea. They'd come back <laughs> and thinking I'd finish my shift, and then I was coming back and it's like, oh dear. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't know what the other what, what you lads think, but I thought if they were going to get rid of him, they should have got rid of him at the end of last season. I think, as James said, that was the natural time for it to draw to a close. And I honestly thought the way he was speaking in the, the press conference after that Stoke 6-1 defeat, he more or less invited FSG to sack him. They didn't. They backed him. They gave him an awful lot of money. And, as James has just said, it's very curious that they've kind of run out of patience with him so early. I mean, there is a sense it's either a very, very brave move, bearing in mind that they've moved so early because they thought this isn't going to work, We've still got another 30 games to go in the Premier League season, so there's plenty of time for the new new boss to, to, to settle in and make a difference. Or it could just be stupid because they should have got rid of him in uh,
0: in summer. Christian Walsh, is this a panic, and I talk about panic for two reasons. One is the, the social media storm that continues to build Fury and, and did in the last um, few months and especially the last few weeks of his reign. But also, is this a panic in reaction to the situation potentially at Chelsea, where they uh, the number of points they've got after this stage, uh, no team has ever gone from there and made it into the top four of the Premier League. That suggests there's an opportunity there. Did FSG just believe they had to strike now to try and break down that door of the top four when there was an opening there?
3: Well, I think FSG should, should you know, I think Liverpool fans should hope that FSG. It is a panic <coughs> because no. Right minded organisation would give a manager 70, 80 million, 100 million pounds in a summer and and decide to get rid of him if he's not doing very well after eight, you know, quite hard games. There's quite, quite a lot of hard games there Arsenal away, United away, Everton away. I don't think, I think that's, if they're not panicking, that that's more concerning, if you see what I mean, because yeah. at the end of the day, they knew what the start would be and. and, and there should have been some sort of idea of how this could have gone. Now, it seems I don't think the listen like the social media. I, I, I don't think FHG operate like that, that a multi-million, you know, possibly billion-pounds organisation. Um, but I think with the Chelsea thing, I think you're right. I think in terms of not only the top four, I, th- I think the, only six points off the title. I know that sounds ridiculous at the minute, with, with Man City obviously being six points ahead, but they've obviously spotted that. This league is not as as good as it as it can be. There are, there are plenty of teams with a lot of weaknesses out there. Liverpool have, have been tajed for the vast majority of this season, and yet they're only six points off the leaders, and yet they're only three points off the top four. You know, obviously the top four will be in the primary, you know, vision. But there is a chance to turn the season into a success. Now, whether that's a panic or not, I'm not too sure, but. I think for 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 Liverpool's sake you would hope that they've decided to act decisively and decide to act quickly on, on what's happening elsewhere. Because if not and they're just sort of stumbling from from one decision to another week by week. I think that's very concerning both both for the future in terms of, you know, the fans, the team and the new manager because where will he stand, whoever that may be, where will he stand? You know, how how long will he be given? If they're just gonna change their their minds on a whip, and you know, they'd give a Hell of a lot of money to Brendan Rodgers and the transfer committee he's a part of, and and to to, to throw that all away after eight games to me, as I say, you'd hope it was an instinctive reaction.
0: James, it's the thought. word that springs to mind to me is is faith here because it must be on the bare facts of it where Liverpool are uh, isn't a brilliant position, but it's certainly a position from where if you had faith. That they were on the right track. You definitely believe they can. They, they can really strike yeah. from there for the top four. If you know, I mean, Christian rightly says you know it sounds preposterous to talk about the title, and it, it, it certainly is. I would say at this stage, but you know they're within striking distance. So it has to be about loss of faith, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it, it, that's it, that, that's what it boils down to. Um, you know, from speaking to people uh, at the club tonight, um, that was that was the thinking behind it. You know, they 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 feel. As if this is an under underachieving group of players, and that the manager's not getting enough out of them. Um, now you know, you, obviously Rogers would point to the fact that he's trying to gel seven new faces uh, who joined the club in the summer. He point to Henderson's injury, Benteke's injury, Firmino, um, you know, and all the rest of it. And and as Chris said, a, a really difficult opening run of fixtures. But the problem is, you know, the the people that. that that kept him in a job in the summer, you know, most notably Mike Gordon, FSG's president. He he no longer has that has that faith in him. And ultimately that's what this decision has been based on. I think as well, you know, Liverpool are adamant that there is no agreement lined up with a replacement. But I think you don't make a decision as massive as this uh, unless you have a very clear idea uh, who you're gonna go for and a massive confidence that you can get that person. Because I think you know that you know, we we know obviously that Jurgen Klopp is the leading candidate, and uh, you, know, you, you you only sacking Rodgers at this stage only makes sense if you can go and get someone like him or an Ancelotti, a, a proven winner.
0: Dorley, Jurgen Klopp. You know James wrote a piece earlier. Liverpool set to approach him. Um, in your view, where would the benefit be in terms of bringing him in? Is it bringing in a proven winner who has? You know, obviously, in his time in Germany, being able to beat a team in Bayern Munich that had considerably bigger resources than him. Uh, is it about the power of his personality? We though he's obviously an incredibly engaging figure.
2: I think you've just hit the nail on the head there a little bit, just by talking about these beating a Bayern Munich team that had a lot more resources because Liverpool aren't going to be able to spend the money. that I mean, Liverpool, it's all relative. Liverpool are spending... You know, they spent 80, whatever it was, 80, 90 mm. million pounds in the summer, which is oh, still an awful lot. Yeah, exactly, yeah, they still... But Albeit they're, they're, that dreaded but word, net, was about no, twenty, twenty-five. But you've also got to bear in mind that they're competing against United, City, Chelsea, even Arsenal spent, maybe not last summer, but certainly some before and some before that, they spent an awful lot of money. They're competing against those teams. But going back to your point about Jurgen Klopp, I think that you know, he, he has got that engaging personality. And if we go off what social media says and we know you know that's not always the, the best barometer of the people who actually turn up and go to the games. Um, that the fans like Klopp, they see what he's done at Borussia Dortmund, and it's the attacking football that he's played, which is reminiscent of the football that you know that Liverpool played under Brendan Rogers season in 2013-14 when they almost won the league. And um, you could argue that uh, Klopp did it with players who weren't as good as the ones that you know Brendan Rogers had at his disposal because you know the likes of. Suarez, Gerrard, Sturridge, even Sterling back then, they'd, they'd have all probably got in Dortmund's team that, that won the league and even got to the Champions League final.
3: Liverpool fans love to deify managers. I was saying this before, wasn't I? They, they absolutely love to... You know, Obviously, there's the image of Shankly with his arms outstretched, almost, you know, in, in that sort of biblical sense. And they almost deified Rodgers, this is the thing, isn't well, it? In a, in a way, they, they, they tried to, but I think it was almost trans, transfixed on, on Suarez, almost. he deified the players rather than the manager. I mean, they you know, carried the Rafa the Rafa Tola, was it? You know, the, 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 <laughs> the, 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 the picture of him down in some sort of religious ceremony. I think Klopp sort of fits into that that mould, doesn't he? He's the type of you, you look at the, the reception that he got from the from the Dortmund fans when he left, and obviously the Dortmund have got you know fantastic fans, and the yellow wall's huge, and it's uh, you know the, the very the, the, the Kraken supporters, Dortmund supporters, but the the, the, the display that they give him. Was unbelievable, and there was a certain connection there between fans and manager. And it was one that Rogers had for a little while in 13 14, but that was fans' success more than anything. Yeah,
2: but, yeah because it was, as, as Christian said, it was more like reflected glory in what was going on. Because you got a bit when, when uh, Brendan Rogers first arrived at Liverpool, there were an awful lot of people as fans who just couldn't take to him for whatever reason. You know, we don't need to say here what, what some of those reasons might have been. But when he started getting the results, you can't argue with results. And it's the results that made him popular and it's the results that now got him the uh, you know got him the sack because it was the fans who go the game to you know the West Ham home game they all just left near towards the end a lot of them left near towards the end but they didn't stay behind and boo. they didn't jeer they just got up and went and that's something that you know people who've been going to the game for a, an awful long time they you know I, I do Matt you know, spoke to Matt Lawrence and he said he's never in his entire time no people just to get up and go rather than just stay and boo and jeer and whatever I know Liverpool have this kind of image that we're not a crowd that boos and jeers. But, you know, they do. They do every now and again. And that's your right, but they just forewent the right just by going, nah, I enough. not It was the apathy, yeah. wasn't, yeah. It? The apathy, wasn't it? It was the yeah. apathy. The apathy
3: was sort of reminiscence of, I'd say Gerard Hulier's last last days at, at Liverpool that, that resignment and, and resignation of Yeah, because
2: you, you didn't get that at the end of the Roy Hodgson. They, like, when Roy Hodgson was in charge, the fans were angry and they actually actively wanted it. wasn't yeah. it, yeah. Well, as saying, you never really got that with Brendan. I think it was almost like there was a kind of this, not respect, well, maybe there was a kind of respect for what he'd done. They didn't really want to absolutely have a go at him in public. They were quite yeah. happy to go behind on the keyboard to I mean, do th- it in
0: private. I think we should we should point out in, in, in this, and his critics probably wouldn't, wouldn't wish us to, but throughout this whole sort of almost like a long saga of that's got to this day of Brendan Rodgers leaving Liverpool. He's, he's maintained an incredible sort of sense of focus and, and a sort of, you know, I think the word that was used from within Anfield today was a real dignity in terms of how he took this news. And Brendan Rodgers is a bloody good football manager, I think, in most people's books. Um, I still think there's a real danger that Liverpool could come to regret this decision, in, in my view. Um, i know it won't that won't be a view that will be shared by too many out there but i'm you know i'm quite happy to put that out there um jim's looking trying to look you know obviously you've had a lot of dealings with brendan rogers um you know how do you view this sort of you know him in terms of how he was you know likely to progress from here
1: i don't think he'll be out of work for that long to be honest i think um you know of course it's blotted his copybook but um, you know this is a man who was LMA manager of the year 17 months ago so of course you know from from that kind of fateful afternoon against chelsea things you know at liverpool have been on a downward spiral um you know and the the circumstances behind that you know you you look at you know he, i'm sure he would point to the sale of suarez the you know re- poor recruitment has been a, a a recurrent theme throughout his reign um and you you know you blame him for part of that but certainly not all of it i think um the idea that you sat Brendan Rodgers and everything's all right at Liverpool Football Club is just completely not true. You know, you look at you know a lot of the money that's been squandered uh, as have, have been um, you know down to a transfer committee that that deals with a strategy that puts you know unfulfilled potential above proven talent, and uh, it's a false economy in, in many ways. When you look at the money that's been wasted, um, you know, last summer was probably the the, you know, the good point when you think of the money they spent on. You know, Lovren and the Lallana and you know, Balotelli and Markovic and you know 116 million pounds. There are another 80 uh, this summer. Um, so yeah, he'll be he'll be hurting because I think you know he's a proud man, and uh, you know I remember him talking about you know the, the devastation of being sacked by Reading, and uh, you know he's spoken about that many times, and um, you know this this will cut even deeper because. You it's probably unlikely that he'll ever get a job quite as big, as big as the Liverpool job again. I don't think he'll be out of work for long, but it's it's a long way back to to the, to, to that kind of level. Um, and you know, and I think he'll depart thinking he still could have turned it around. But um, you know, now he belongs to Liverpool's past because you know those those people that that before that you know backed him to the hill uh, have pulled the rug from from under his feet.
0: Christian, the I mean, when Klopp spoke about potentially, I think him and his agent both spoke uh, during the summer about potentially a future in the Premier League forum without ever indicating that might be at Liverpool, but dropping certain hints that it could be. Um, it was made clear that he's not a he's not a manager who's ever signed players really himself. He's always worked under, a, you know, a, a director of football, um, a model that we knew FSG were keen on before Brendan Rodgers didn't want it at Liverpool. <coughs> we settled on. <coughs> The transfer committee which has had you know a very mixed uh uh reputation uh at anfield um if we do go down the clock road do you think the transfer committee could could morph into a, a director of football of type director role of
3: football. i certainly could i mean you know a lot of the thing is a lot of clubs on the continent operate like that but the other thing that should be said is that a lot of clubs in, in in england i think operate with a with a transfer committee in a sense, I don't think that there's very few clubs and very few managers who have the final the the first say and the final say on, on recruitments at a football club, you know. I don't think it's I think because it's been given such a such a title by Liverpool and it's out there the transfer committee, I think that's what, you know, stands it apart. I, th- I think the important thing is that, that there are people on there who are who are watching the games, who are who are a lot of it's sort of stats based, from from what we can tell. It, it it's sort of FSG is very high on stats, of course. And I think if you move towards a director of football model rather than a transfer committee one, what you're doing is you, you you do have this this head honcho, if you will, this this one person who has not necessarily autonomy, but who has a who has a bigger say than the most.
0: I think of another word beginning with the day that we desperately need in the club and that's got to be accountability, hasn't it? Because, I mean, where we've been with Brendan Rogers and the, quote, transfer committee has been nobody knows who bought who. Yeah. One side sort of hints that it, oh, you know, that was their decision rather than me. If it's one that doesn't work out, sort of drops in that it might be more than when it does. It's a get-out isn't it? Yeah. For, for,
3: for, for, for everyone involved, really. And then, you know, it's... It, it, Accountability is important because at the end of the day, today, Brendan Rodgers has, has lost his job and that's where the accountability for his performance has come in. But where's the accountability for the ownership or whoever took the decision to keep him on, give him £80 million him out on the transfer committee and then scrap that after eight games? So there needs to be someone somewhere with a, a history and a football, a, you know, a history of football, an intelligence and understanding of football who can help with that accountability, I think. I think that's the big thing. And however that fits in the hierarchy, there has to be someone somewhere within the club structure making decisions, who's done this sort of thing before, and I think that is is just as important as a manager, in a way.
2: The other thing about the transfer committee is that, you know by making it so obviously public, and all of us talk about this player's been signed by this person, this player has been Rod's person. Do you not think the players think that as well? So when the team goes up and they go, well, he's not picking me because he's not my... Either manager didn't want to sign me. You know, it, it it just makes it all very confused for the players. And it's you know, as as you basically said, it's who's accountable for it? Who is making the decision? In the end, it's always the manager that the, the players never get sacked. I agree. It's with always them. the it's always the manager that gets sacked. You I agree know, with Roger, that in terms uh, of. Rogers made mistakes, but looking at this now, it's not. It's a big moment for uh, Fenway Sports Group as well for Liverpool's yeah. owners because you know they might well get. You know, like we expect, they're going to approach Klopp. He may become. Coach or manager, sorry. And it's what happens after that? What happens if it just ends up being exactly the
1: same? Where he yeah. goes, I want this coach, but I want this player and he goes that, can't have him. That, that's the worry, isn't it? That yeah. he comes in and says, Right, well, Ben doesn't fit my style or something and uh, you know, and I, I don't fancy him and then you you know, is he gonna come in and say you know, I need I need you know, a three of our three year plan to turn Liverpool around and talking about transition and all the rest of it? You know, where where does that thing I think, think
3: Liverpool in general Liverpool fans are probably fed up of 3-year, 5-year, 7-year plans and what what FSG have got to decide now do they want pragmatism or do they, do they want a project? That's yeah. the big thing do they, do they want pragmatism to get them into the top 4 challenge for the title whatever their objective is or do they want another young up-and-coming manager I mean don't get me wrong Klopp's not exactly an old man but you know what I mean Like a, let's say a De Boer or a Gary Monk or something like that do they want a manager who's going to take another five years to get Liverpool to where they want to be, or do they want to go down the pragmatic route? A little bit like what Man United did with Van Hal, get a proven winner in and say, do you know what, forget this this idea of everything's a process and everything's everything in progression, everything's in transition. We, we just go for the, the proven winner.
0: Yeah, I want to come back on a couple of things, because I, I, I agree with you to a certain extent what you were saying, but... In terms of the players and the confusion that the, the, the you know the committee of Rogers causes, but what I don't think we've ever seen, uh, and I think that probably reflects on the players who weren't on the pitch. But what I don't think we've ever seen from the players on the pitches, I don't think we've ever seen a team go out and despite you know a couple of really bad capitulations, I've never totally got the impression. Certainly didn't think you know in the last few games, and, and certainly not really this season that he's lost the dressing room in any way. Rogers, no, there's no, still there's a bunch a... of players there who are playing for him.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any. Impression of that, 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 and I don't think anyone's even suggested that to be honest. But I just think
0: I've heard the question asked today. Yeah.
2: Well, I'd have to say no. That's absolutely yeah, not. That, that that's that just, yeah, yeah, not no, performance. Yeah, of good the there's was not. Yeah. a team would stop playing for a man. I mean, no, the first twenty not. minutes, you could argue that was the best in terms of cohesive, and, you know, being together. That's the best that they played all season. And you know, they managed to. You know, there was a game going on today. Uh, they managed to hold out the second half, which I think most of the games this season you'd have looked at it and thought, "Well, oh dear, it's all going to go wrong," but it didn't.
1: And it's mad, it's mad to think that he could have beaten Everton today and he still would have got that phone call an hour after the game. Well, it's,
0: it's a bit like Kenny Dalglish in the um, FA Cup final, isn't it? Yeah. When you come back, he could have had two cups. And you know. And to be fair, he had himself to blame for not playing Carroll from the start in the Cup final, and he probably would have had two cups. But he could have had two and he would have gone.
2: The other thing you got to bear in mind as well is that if we're looking at FSG and their big plan, the big plan that they've got for Liverpool at the moment, you can see it every time you go to a home game. It's this big main stand at the building and I think the last thing they want is hooray we've unveiled this new main stand next season and we're not even in Europe and we're not in the Champions League you know and I think maybe they have you not know, panicked but I think they've seen an opportunity and they've gone we've given this manager last season we gave him a chance after what happened you know, basically, you know they gave him another chance after what happened last season basically and they've just thought straight away now this isn't working we've got managers out there who we can turn to who aren't going to cost us any money because the free agents, because we're going to have to, you know, pay off the staff that's at the moment whoever it is that ends up going, and I think they've just they've seen, seen this opportunity and they thought let's 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 go. I do I do
1: feel for his backroom staff because <laughs> obviously, you know, you think Sean O'Driscoll, Gary McAllister, and Pep Linders. I mean, the, you think for, for you know at the moment, you know, they're not you know, but the, their, their future, you know, they, they won't get cut. on will they possibly Pep Linders maybe will go back to the academy. You'd like to think that maybe Gary Mack, with his ties. To the club's past, they find room from somewhere, but it's it's very harsh on them. The fact that you know they they gave up everything and they're being judged on two months' work basically. Then yeah. why were
2: they even in, even in that position? Why did what happened in the summer with Mike Marsh and Colin Pascoe? What you know? Will we ever know exactly what that was all about? Who made that decision? What was the plan? What was the what yeah. was happening there? This is
1: where again, but was, there's, there's yeah. the, it's, this is okay. but it's muddled thinking all the way through, isn't it? Because oh, you say, look yeah. at that. Anyone, if you someone had said back in the summer need new backroom staff. No, people wouldn't necessarily disagree with you, but they just say, right, what we need is someone with experience, some European experience, who has, who has been there and competed at that level. And we bring in, you know, Gary McAllister, Adam hasn't worked in management for four or five years, Pep Linder's background purely in youth development, the same as Sean O'Driscoll. It was, you know, a bizarre, you, you just couldn't really, you couldn't really see what the thinking was behind it. And, well, no. and you can't understand the thinking behind it giving a manager £80 quid and and giving him the bullet after eight league games? I mean,
2: that's a great point because it is to do with experience because you look at it and these American owners have only been in charge of a Premier League club or owned a Premier League club for five years now and Brendan Rodgers hadn't really been a Premier League manager for very long, certainly not this kind of level. And it's somewhere along the line, up in the hierarchy, there isn't that experience that maybe in the past... You know, seventies, eighties, nineties. Even you know, you look at Gerrard He had a lot of European experience, and he still had certain people in the background who had been there for a long time. But at the moment, it's like a you know fresh broom. Five years ago, swept everything away, which is fair enough because they're the owners. They can you know they own the club. But it's you know, as James said, it's going to be interesting to see where they go. But, but, go to it, now. but
0: Christian, it just shows you it's a cutthroat world. Brendan Rogers was the second longest-serving manager in the Premier League, which is incredible. I don't know who now takes on that mantle. Obviously, Vengas in a world of his own. But um, the you know it's 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 been you know you know this is the Premier League of 2015, isn't it? You you know you, you don't get second chances from very is. early.
3: And uh, you know, as Lily alludes to, the FSG are only five years into this themselves, and it's easy to sort of you if you, don't, if, you don't, if you're not quite sure how things work, to so just see what everyone else is doing. Yeah you know, it's quite easy to, to, to see how Man United did. They got rid of Moyes. Brought in Van Gaal, you know, it's, it's easy to see that sort of thing. And, you know, the only experience they've got to go off, you know, the, the, they're now in the process of recruiting their third manager, which is, when you think about the long and storied history of Liverpool Football Club and how they normally treat their managers,
1: some would say that's too many. And obviously
0: we'll come up to the fifth anniversary yeah, this obviously. morning. It's,
1: it's, it must be uncomfortable for them because, you know, five years on this month buying buying the club, they bought a club that was in turmoil and and stuck in the middle of the Premier League. And five years on, Liverpool are in turmoil and stuck in the middle of the Premier League. I mean, this is pure speculation on my part and no way reflects
3: FSG's thinking, but they had a chance, there's almost a weird symmetry to it, they they had a chance to to push the button on the trapdoor under Roy Hodgson after the derby, when they finished, uh, when they they lost 2-0, I think it was the week they took over, lost 2-0, left Liverpool the 19th, Roy Hodgson... Went into the press conference afterwards and said it was the best performance of the, or second best performance of the season. They had the chance there, and I think these sorts of, you know, a lot of fans would have happily seen them say, right, we're in here now for the first week, clear all the decks, new manager, but he didn't, He waited until January, and it just festered that little bit longer. And then Kenny came in, and he did all right, he, well, he did very well actually, got Liverpool up to sixth, but there was a little bit of sort of, well, if he'd taken over in October or November, maybe he could have got Champions League. And I just wonder if that's also sort of played into their thinking this time. And obviously, as I say, the symmetry with another game at Goodison Park. But I wonder if they were just sort of sat there and thought, we can't let this fester until December and take that risk. If we're going to make make the move, we make it now while the season is still alive. And, 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 that's, and that's why they've done it. So, he's you know, Brendan Rodgers does feel very much, and this is not absolving him of any blame of, of what's happened. He, he has to shoulder a fair proportion of it but it does feel a bit like a victim circumstance as well in a way both of, of what's going on elsewhere and also you know, dare I say the, the continued naivety of the ownership
0: Two final questions because um, it's uh, getting late. but the just because we haven't mentioned very much so we know uh, FSG will approach Klopp but obviously the other big name there is Ancelotti who we haven't really discussed Ian in terms of um, Ancelotti if if the clock talks didn't work out, um, he obviously brings a raft of European uh, experience and, and 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 victories. Obviously level with Bob Piersley winning winning, um, you know, three European Cups. There, the 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 downside to him generally is that he's generally got been in big teams with big budgets and had big players, and he won't necessarily get that at Liverpool, where he to be the man. Um, no, I, think, the
2: I think Ancelotti would be good. Back to what Christian said, he'd be the prag- pragmatic choice rather than the, the project choice, as it were, because he's got the proven track record. I think you're right. I mean, to be honest, you can't really... Um, you can't belittle what he's done wherever he's gone because as, as has been proven with Brendan Rodgers and with other managers before him, it's one thing being a manager at a slightly lower standard club, shall we say, than being at a club that has aspirations like Liverpool have got. And you have to think in a in a certain way. And Ancelotti would come, in, if if it was him, he'd come in, and he would automatically be thinking, "We're a big club, right? We need to be doing this because that's all he's been brought up on. That's what he's used to." You know, AC Milan, you know, Chelsea, teams like that, Real Madrid. You know, he's been at a lot of really really big clubs, so he he'd be able to he bring that mentality, which perhaps has been a little bit lacking. Not not just under Brendan Rodgers, but before then, I think it's just been a. Because of the way things have gone in the club over the last five, six, seven years.
0: Final question, then I'll throw it out to all three of you, um, and it's something I'm going to muse on overnight. But uh, did did FSG have to sack Brendan Rogers because if Brendan Rodgers wasn't the problem, they are, Percy? Uh,
1: yeah, I think <laughs> I think yeah, I think in some ways I think um, it, I think I think a lot of it. Is is linked to the fan unrest in recent weeks. I think I think like I said, I think that was a big part of it. And I think also as we touched upon, the, the fact that they've seen what is a pretty average Premier League this season, just the, the opportunity there to to, to, get, to get a Champions League spot. And um, it's that uh, that that essentially is, is where where we are now because they they let that faith in Rodgers to deliver it. As it evaporated, you know, on the back of so many disjointed performances.
0: Christian, FSG. I,
1: f- I
3: think it has to be. I, f- I think that's, I think. I think. It's. It's. It's an admissance of a failure from the summer in their eyes. What? What? What they deemed as they didn't do the right thing in the summer, and it's better to sort of t- to do it now. Then as I say, wait until either December or January and it's it's it really is untenable. It is quite funny that we are coming up to that five year anniversary because it, it does feel like it's a time for assessments, it's a time for to see exactly what they've done. And bar one title challenge in twenty thirteen, fourteen, there's not a lot to show for it. Now, you know, I don't think they made a the mistake in appointing Brendan Rogers and I don't necessarily think they made a the mistake in in letting them go, I, I question the timing of it, and I question when they did it. But ultimately, it, it's an it's an admission of, of their mistakes. But at the end of the they're not accountable to anyone. So it is a case of, yeah, Roger, you know, Brendan, sorry,
2: we made the mistake, but on your head, beer.
0: Ian, final thoughts on what's been a bit of a mad day.
2: Well, I agree with what what the boys have said. I think. FSG, by getting rid of Brendan Rodgers today, have basically said that they got it wrong. Not in appointing him, but in not dismissing him in the summer. And that's, uh, well, for whatever reason, maybe they thought he had enough credit in the bank over what happened in 2013 14, which is something that, you know, when everything dies down, fans who were there at the time, who had the pleasure of watching that Liverpool team, they'll remember it fondly because maybe it's 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 too soon now because they're just thinking of the last six months, nine months, the way it's gone under Brendan Rodgers. But, as I said, I think the, if they wanted to get rid of him, they should have got rid of him in, in the summer. The managers who were available then are still available now. wouldn't have made any difference, I suspect. But, for whatever reason, they decided to go with him at the start of the season, and I think within a few weeks at the start of the season, they realised that perhaps they'd made a mistake and you get the impression from what Brendan Rodgers has been saying and his his mannerisms over the last few weeks he kind of you know he knew it was coming even if we perhaps didn't
0: a dramatic day in the history of Liverpool Football Club this has been your Liverpool FC podcast many thanks for listening